last time on the Joy of Extra Dimensional Spaces. Go to the library, find the sage. He will be able to help us. It says Scepter. As the portal is closing, you hear Matrias shriek and the doors of the mansion snap shut uh, where he has walked. So you find yourself in the long hallway. Again, it stretches for about 30 feet in either direction. There are, uh, there's a set of stairs almost directly in front of you. Five doors kind of uh, facing you along this hallway and then one door at the very end of the hallway off to your right. Guys, this is totally a Magnificent Mansion spell. Be nice if you stuck around long enough to at least tell us what he'd discovered so far. Yeah. That may not actually have been the best idea. Had he told us what he had discovered, what we would have is his perspective. Therefore, we would be stuck in the same line of thinking that kept him stuck. We have four fresh eyes. Perhaps, if your brain is small enough that you struggle with things like compartmentalization, but I would have the ability to keep my opinion and his separate. And having that fifth opinion may indeed have illuminated the last piece of information that we required. But we'll never know, so we may as well move forward. Well, well, we're all a lot more comfortable knowing that your brain is larger than ours and is able to think about things differently. I was not implying anything about your brain. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I often misspeak. Um, I was simply stating that my brain is quite expansive. I don't know the state of yours. Perhaps you thought the same way I did. I meant no offense. I think, yeah, Elidus is just kind of uh, chuckling to himself, uh, get, seeing Sprocket get a little bit uh, exasperated, explaining himself. I am just trying to go by what I learned. You see... That new group that I was telling you about, it's an investigative branch within the town guard at Cormier, and they want me to head that up. So I'm here to study and learn methods of investigation. Ah, yes. Forensics. Very regimented science. So I definitely understand your your need for logical steps. For what? Hmm? For what? Never mind. He says he uh, enjoys your, your uh, endeavor. Oh, yes. I just need to learn how to follow clues and find out who's responsible, or what was taken, or who took it. So I'm here to study those methods. How fantastically limited. We have six doors and a staircase as clues, unless we want to start with the floor. I read in a book once, when in a maze, put your hand on the left wall and keep it there as you walk along it, and you will always find your way out. Fabulous plan. Simeon, do you begin walking down the hallway to the left then? Yes. Okay. Um, and quite so, regimentedly with my hand on the left wall. Yep. <laughs> Simeon begins walking down the hallway to the left, uh, and you get to the end of the hallway and find uh, kind of a squared off wall. But there is a door immediately uh, in front of you as you kind of round the corner uh, off to the left there. Um, brass fixtures on the door. Do you walk in? Rocket just kind of walks down and stops by the doorway and waits for him. he very regimented walks the additional five feet past the door along the wall and then back the five feet to the actual door Um, i do in fact similarly flows down the hallway so that you don't even notice her moving yeah she's in front of the door waiting as kilvarex stomps down the hall loudly i'm assuming (laughs) Before Kilvark stops down the hall, he mutters something arcane and touches the wall by the front doors and leaves a uh, mark on there, a glowing room. Excellent. And then walks down to join them. Do do you know, uh, which which room do you pick, if you thought so? The room that resembles Start. Excellent. Yes. Uh, Illidaz is going to stand next to Sprocket (coughs) and kind of reach around and knock on the brass fixtures on the door. Hello, we don't want to come in if there's anything, you know, going on in there, but we just wanted to make sure if you know a way out, you have to tell us because we swore an oath and everything. Like, it's a, it's a real big deal. Uh, there is no answer from inside uh, the... You always know that they're always going to answer if, you, if you've if you swore an oath. <laughs> As Sprocket heard the arcane casting behind him and turns around to see Kilvarax leaving a magical rune on the wall... He sheepishly tucks the chalk he was about to mark beside the door with back into his <laughs> Excellent. Tess is going to send some dancing lights into the room to see if there's any reaction from beyond the door. Uh, well, the, the door is still closed, so do you want, do you want to open the door? I don't think I have to open it to send dancing lights into the room. Fair. That's fair. You do sort of need to understand what the room looks like to know where to place them. 
Okay, I'm um, going to um, crack the door ajar then. Okay, yep. But not actually uh, go in. Fabulous. Um, the door, for the most part, is uh, is is dark on the inside. There's there's some um, some torches and things here in the hallway that are illuminating the hallway. Um, but uh, opening the door um, that much, the, it's it's somewhat dark on the inside. So. Okay, so I have dim light globes. Yep. They are um, positioned around the room, twenty feet apart, if Fabulous. the room's that big. Yep. Just so we can. So yep. even those of us who can't see in the dark. Sure. Fabulous. Uh, through the crack in the door, uh, you see tall shelves filled with books um, kind of all along the walls of the room. Two more shelves kind of run through the middle of the room with ten foot with a 10-foot wide aisle between them. Uh, several stacks of books piled high throughout the room. Uh, a couple of small reading desks um, with what seem to be very cozy scarlet chairs uh, kind of spread, uh, spread behind the desk. And there's no reaction to the dancing lights from inside the room. Uh, there is no reaction to the dancing lights. Guys, it just seems to be desks in here and nobody yep. here. Want to come Rockets in? peering through the crack right below you. You didn't quite notice that he leaned around. So for, for even all intents and purposes, seems like, seems like a library. And then we'll step forward, go to the center of the room, hand on the scabbard, but or hand on the hilt of the sword, but at, leaving the sword sheathed. Yep. As you begin walking through the room, uh, Simeon, I need a dexterity saving throw, please. That's going to be an eight. An eight. Fabulous. Uh, as you are walking through the middle of the room, the bookcase to uh, in, that's in the middle of the room uh, to your right falls over uh, on you, um, and you are uh, and, and you are knocked prone. Uh, you are underneath the bookcase right now. There is uh, one of the everybody else that's kind of watching through the room. Now that the door is open wide enough for uh, for Simeon to walk through, uh, one of the stacks of books has uh, you, you clearly saw that it pushed over uh, the the bookcase itself, um, and it is now beginning to kind of float and swirl around the room. So it's a whirlwind of books. It is. It is awesome. uh, it, a swarm, so to speak, of, of books. Kill Varex. It's your your move. You are still in the hallway outside the door. Kelvarx is going to snatch his shield off of his his backpack and run in to try to assist Simon uh, okay. by lifting up the bookcase if possible. Fabulous. I need an uh, an athletics check, please. Uh, I have a twenty-two total. Fabulous. Uh, <laughs> you are able to lift the uh, lift the bookcase off uh, with with grace and a plum, sir. And uh, Simeon is no longer pinned below it. Simeon, it is your turn. I will stand up. Yep. And I will slash uh, my uh, draw and slash my scimitar at the whirling books since they Excellent. obviously attacked me. Excellent. Uh, yeah, clearly, I mean, it's like it is the only thing that is seems to be out of place in this room is this now stack of books that are sort of uh, uh, like this swarm of books that's kind of swirling around you make your attack roll uh 10 it is hard to especially where you're standing up and still kind of disoriented after having the uh, the bookcase pushed over on you uh you're a little disoriented you you slice where the the stack of books was um but it is able to move its leaves and and binding um out of its way and you pass through it hitting nothing uh in return it uh it one of its books kind of flies at your head. Uh, you will take uh, seven points of bludgeoning damage. Ouch. Hefty book. Um, yep. It was, it was a big book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think. One more, one more attack with my second scimitar. Mm-hmm. Eight. Uh, also a miss. Kess. Kess is really concerned about Simeon. And can yeah. see that he's disoriented and, and struggling here. And so does a flying cartwheel across to him, spinning the three-section staff, which she has pulled from the side of her pack, which is a very efficient, if you're swinging it two-handed, a very efficient <laughs> means of blocking a lot of things at once while striking them. So I'm trying to mess with this stack of books, scatter it everywhere. Fabulous. Ha, the dice are against us. Um, so... <laughs> That would be a 10 to hit. Your your flourish with your three-section staff looks fabulous. 
uh, and passes through this swarm of books hitting nothing. Luckily, I have a bonus action. I take it away. Yeah, so I'm going to do a side snap kick right up there at the books. Love it. I am. I'm kicking them. I want to mess them up again. Uh, a little better. Okay, so that would be a dirty 20, and that would be uh, nine damage. Fabulous. Excellent. Uh, so as you your staff move, uh, you know, misses, but then your kick follows up, and a whole swath of books uh, kind of get taken out of the sto- uh, of the swarm. It's somewhat smaller, and they uh, they crash against the wall uh, off on the left-hand side there. Fabulous. What hurt the books? Illidaz, your turn. Um. So I have a question about the book that flew and hit Simeon. Uh, yes. What happened to it after it flew out and hit him? It, it rejoined the swarm. Right, okay. And so how about uh, the ones against the wall? Are they rejoining or are they just lying there? They're just lying there. Okay, uh, I'm going to pull my shield off my back. And mm-hmm. I guess as an object interaction, I'm going to pull the cork off the edge of it with my teeth. Yep. Perfect. Um, and before drawing my sword, I'm going to run and try and get in front of I'll try and cover everyone as I can with like part my body, part my shield. And I'm going to reach back with my right hand. I've got my shield on my left and lay on hands, Simeon for five HP. I guess, I don't know if you would like, obviously my action is casting lay on hands. I kind of put one of my feet on like to stop any of the books that have kind of flown off just in case they might rejoin at some point later. And I, I, his eyes are kind of darting wildly at the swarm of books, looking to see if there's any of them that have like vital organ yeah. on like the spines, just to see <laughs> yeah. if he can find any weakness in like the swarm. Fabulous, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of, they've flown off to like the left-hand side here of the room, um, mm-hmm. and they seem to be laying there uh, motionless like books are prone to do, so. Okay. <laughs> prone. Next uh, 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 Sprocket. Sprocket would like to make an arcana check, trying to determine if this is some form of a spirit entity in the room, or if it seems more like a magical defense that we triggered by entering it. And if so, if you can determine a way to shut it off. So it it definitely seems to be. Um, so you you don't think that you triggered it. It seemed like it was something that was already in the room. It seems less like a defense mechanism and more just uh, um, some sort of construct that was in the room. Sprocket moves forward and tries to catch books and remove them from the swarm. We'll even call it a diving tackle through the books, trying to pull as many of them out of the swarm as possible. 14, 14, you are able to get get your hand on a, on, on some of the books. Um, roll a, a d4 plus your strength for damage, please. Two. Okay, we are back at the top of the round then. Kilvarix. Since Kilvarix has no compunction against saving books despite his background, <laughs> Don't hurt the books! Open his mouth, and you see... A little fire come out of his mouth into his hand, and he hurls it with a firebolt into the cloud of books. Awesome. Fabulous. Uh, 14. Fabulous. That hits. 10. Excellent. Many books start kind of shuffing off this thing, but there's still kind of uh, four or five that are swirling around each other with greater uh, uh, alacrity or greater kind of agitation. So, uh, Simeon. I am going to attack again. Yes. First scimitar. 14. The swarm has a hit point left, so please describe what happens as you vanquish this uh, this construct stack of books. I slash with my scimitar from uh, top right down to the left, cutting the book that hit me in the head. And on its pages, I spit at it and say, that's the last chapter I'm reading from you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Very the, nice. uh, the the whirlwind of books sort of uh, falls apart, and now uh, the books are are scattered uh, across the floor. Well done, well done. Sprocket begins scrambling after any damaged volumes. Yep, <laughs> pulling out a small oil can and spraying them with the with a light yellow foam that disintegrates and mends them. So I know in particular, uh, you were over by the the books that had had been thrown off when Cass uh, kicked through the through the stack. Um, uh, give me an investigation check, please. Two plus six is eight. I can't seem to get past those eight. twos and one. Excellent. Sprocket is over there, kind of fumbling around with the books on the on the floor on the table in the corner there in that reading desk um, off to the upper left hand side. There, there is a a closed book. With a picture of Morden Kanan on the cover. Kess is going to leap over there and look at it. 
In fact, Cass, you also remember that the book that was in the room where Matrias had been studying, the uh, the book was called uh, The Joy of Extradimensional Spaces, and it also had a picture of Morden Kanan on the cover. On the book that you find in the corner there, however, uh, so there's the picture of Morden Kanan on the front. The only other thing on the book uh, is on the spine. You find the letter R. Hey guys, this one seems to have a shelf mark. Why does it say R on it? Be a part of our key phrase to get out of here. By the way, I'm also trying to bandage um, Simeon's head right now. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's yep. like seeing like the the bruise uh, where the book came. <laughs> Which is just amazing. It's, if you feel the need to fall asleep, okay, you need to tell me, right? You could you could have a concussion. Okay, look at how many fingers am I holding up? I don't think I need to sleep, but I do appreciate the bandage. Um, it's a little tender, right, right here. Like, like, will it scar? Well, uh, it's hard to say right now. We'll see how it develops. I may need to prescribe you. Guys, I think I found an important clue. Tell us about this book. A book over here with the same portrait with Morden Kanan on the front. And on the spine, there's an R. So we should look for more books with Morden Kanan? Maybe we should look inside this one. Okay. Looking up from the books he's mending, Sprocket goes, that definitely does seem like a pattern. Uh, as you flip through the book, um, there are probably three or four hundred pages, so it's fairly, fairly lengthy. Pages are all empty. Any marginalia? No. There's no writing on any of the pages. I mean, he was barely able to finish the title, so how do we expect there to be anything inside the book? (laughs) I think if there's this many pages, there's probably something written in here that I can't read. That makes sense. I'm going to look at the book, at least the half of the book I'm standing on, because as I walked anywhere, I was dragging it under my foot. I'm very mad at it. The the book that hits you across the head, right? Yes. I'm cross with this book. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to look to make sure there's no picture of Morton Caden on it. Uh, Rocket uh, rushes uh, up. What are you doing? Give me that. On the book under your foot, it seems like a regular book. It is um it is a book about uh about increasing uh thrown weapon style. It is open to a chapter um about learning to throw um somewhat rectangular blocks and it has an illustration of a of a knight on it. Looks like a looks like a book is hitting him in the head. So essentially, the gods have had it out for me since the writing of this book at some point in the distant past. Excellent. So it was said, and so it is written. And I <laughs> kicked the book away from me in disgust. That could come in useful, you know. Rocket cleans it up and shelves it. Maybe we should look for more of these types of books on these shelves. Any other single-letter books, more than kind of books, and see if we can collect a pile. Mm-hmm. large scaly one seems wise. Uh, you guys are sure that there are no other books in this room? Um, Kess still seems to be checking, though. No, no, I see lots of books. <laughs> well, you see lots of books, but none of them with Morden Kanan on the cover and uh, and single letters on the on the spine. I think we're good, my friend. As you are looking around, also you see that there is another door off uh, in the left hand wall uh, in in the library here. So <laughs> there is the door that you came through and another doorway off to the left. In, in all the hubbub, you hadn't seen it at first. It's always polite to knock. Yeah. Because knocking worked so good last time. <laughs> the, the books didn't know how to say, yes, we're in here and we're a swirling swarm of books. So maybe that was the issue. And if we don't mind lights, but we do mind people? Yeah, maybe if we say something like, if you're a swirling swarm of books, please swirl and swarm, knock back on the door twice. If not, swirl and swarm, knock back on the door once. <laughs> you're daft. Hey, Kill, can you do your rune thing on the door we came through? Yeah, but not too much. Depends on how many rooms we go into. I would like to keep it to just major items. Rocket brightens up and pulls his chalk back out. (laughs) (laughs) His chalk becomes... And and if we think we're going to be around for longer than an hour, it's not useful anyway. Nothing beats an analog solution to a technical problem. (laughs) So did did the door respond to the knock? Oh yes, yeah. Sorry, I knock on the on the door on the left. There, there is there is no response from the door. Can I send my dancing lights through first? 
You certainly could. As you crack the door, um, the, the blue light from kind of the miasma that's outside this mansion uh, very much floods the room. It's a, The walls are made of a uh, like a tempered glass, um, and you can see the blue light kind of shining on polished gray flagstones below it. Mm. Pretty. Other than being a beautiful room to watch the miasma through, there doesn't seem to be much of any interest in it. Yeah, my lights aren't much use out there. It's too bright. Yep. I put my hand through. Your hand is in the room, still attached to your arm. I was brave. <laughs> Watch out. I think I see some books out there. <laughs> <laughs> I fear not the book. Brocket chuckles. <laughs> All right. I guess uh, okay. I'll, I'll close the door. Okay. You're not going to walk around touching the left? Enough in this room, thank you. Well, it's all our Whilst we're still in the kind of library room, um, I'm going to cast a divine sense on the book with Monkine on it. Okay. Uh, do I get any feeling of anything at all from it as I kind of wave my hand and it shimmers with the gold light over it? And it, it, and it is a real book. It's not like a... Um... It's not like an arcane construct or anything like that. It is a real, tangible, honest-to-goodness. It's not a great read, though. Yeah, just really boring. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. During my investigation, was there any book that might lend itself towards my study of investigation in general? Yes. You find a book written by a foremost city guardsman from, uh, from a town not where you live but that uh, investigated the, uh, uh, the unfortunate murder of, uh, of one of the city's nobles. Um, the book seems quite old. I'm going to take it and add it to my, to, to my gear. Fails. Okay. So Kess sees another book out on the desk and wants to quickly check that out before we leave. It is a book on the attack and parry positions for wielders of staves and daggers. Uh, there is a uh, a jeweled letter opener on that table also. Oh, even though I already have them all memorized, I still exactly. get my pack in case it might be useful later. Absolutely, yeah. Rocket oh, would love sorry. to go through all of the bookshelves, but he knows we probably don't have time. Yep. <laughs> Are we taking this book with us? Absolutely, we should. So who's carrying the book? I can tuck it in my satchel if you'd like. How heavy is it? It's got 300 pages. Yeah. No heavier than your standard George R.R. R. Martin novel. I mean, that's... <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If we start collecting a number of these, I'm sure we'll have to spread them out. But right now, I only have two. That book and then one about a stick that he brought with him. I assume we're going into the next room. Uh, yeah. That's definitely is, yeah. That is my plan. I'll take the weed. So Again, hand, hand on the wall. Left hand on the wall? Yep. All right. Left, left hand on the wall. Fabulous. Yep. When he gets okay. to the door, Kilvaric's going to say, "Stop!" And he walks back around to see if his mark is still there on the uh, on the, by the. Uh, it demon. is in. It is indeed. He is going to touch it and refresh it. Okay. Uh, and so you find yourselves now at the. Uh, so you are in front of the next door with Simeon in the front. Simeon, are you going in first again? Yes. Simeon, you have to ask shoulder. if there's any books. <laughs> Touch him on the shoulder and grab my circular of multicolors underneath my shirt and say, I'll guide you and cast guidance on him. Fabulous. Excellent. I will enter the room. Swing the door open. Uh, this room contains a battered wooden, wooden mannequin and a weapon rack holding staves and daggers. Uh, all lit by indigo tinted light streaming through a window uh, on the far side of the room. Uh, the floor is stained and scorched, uh, and at the far end of the room, a broom hovers in the air, sweeping the floor by itself. Hello there. Do you have use of a dustpan? The broom does not acknowledge you. The objects in this room are sharper if they start flying around. Is there any more books? There are no books in this room. Just the uh, just the weapon rack off on the left there, and with the broom start seemingly sweeping. And you said there was a mannequin as well, right? Uh, sorry, yes, the, there's a mannequin. A battered wooden mannequin. It looked like it's uh, a mannequin where armor would be at rest, or is it more of a practice, like a practice dummy type? Definitely a practice dummy. Yep. Uh, the, the, yeah, the mannequin has numerous cuts and chips uh, taken out of it. Okay, he's going to pull his shield out, and with Simeon's uh, consent is going to 
enter the room and approach very slowly with a shield up. It looks safe-ish. Yep, mannequin is not responding. And the, the room is continuing to sweep. I'm trying to peer through the window as I'm kind of approaching. Can I see anything through it? Uh, only that uh, this is an exterior window and that uh, your the the blue miasma that encircles the entire building uh, is about 20 feet away through the outside. Okay. If there's no books and no other items, I say we move on. I'm just going to look at the weapons. Do any of the weapons look like any other objects we've come across, like uh, in any of the in either the book from the original room or that we've seen so far? Does, like, does it look like it matches something more than Caden may have been holding, anything like that? Um, so they're they're mundane but finely made. Um, there's really nothing particularly extraordinary about them. Uh, it's a handful of daggers, some quarterstaffs, and 20 or so darts in a bandolier. Does it look like any of them are missing? Like a space where one would be, but it's gone now. Nope. Okay. You also along kind of the walls of the room, uh, and Cass, you would see, you would notice these uh, from the book that you picked up in the other room. Uh, there's similarity there. Um, there are diagrams from the book that you were uh, that you picked up um, of like again attack and parry positions, um, kind of like plastered on the walls. I think we can move on to the next room. Rocket with a curious expression on his face. Gets kind of close to the broom, but not too close. You know, trying to make sure he's out of whacking distance. Okay. And with a quizzical look, crumbles some of the dried tea leaves onto the floor in front of him and then takes a step back to see what the broom will do. The broom sort of uh, systematically and uh, Roomba-like moves to the dried leaves on the floor and and picks them up like, like normal. Fascinating. Just a question. Is it like sweeping them towards a spot or as it sweeps, are things disappearing? Because I didn't see a dustpan. Yep. The um, the broom is it's sweeping everything sort of into uh, like the far corner of the room, like the upper right hand corner of the room uh, on mm. the kitchen. Got to go check out that spot and see what yeah. else may have been collected there. In order to see if there's anything over there, keys or odd trinkets that may be of use. Give me an investigation roll, both of them. Sprocket's still studying the broom. He does note that Simeon is going over to check because, you know, that made good sense. He's saying, mm-hmm. maybe, he, maybe he is a little bit smarter than I thought yep. he was. So that's going to be a 12? <laughs> uh, you don't find anything extraordinary. It's mostly okay. just just dirt and, like, chipped wood and, uh, you know, some, uh, some screws from the mannequin kind of thing or nails, and that kind of thing. Um, Sprocket, you're continuing to, to investigate the broom? Correct. Uh, and I, I've realized, obviously, it's some kind of magical enchantment. But, you know, while the party's still in the room and just kind of until we actually are leaving, he's just checking it out, mm-hmm. scribbling notes about it and theories about the okay. enchantment that's making it work. And How intently are you studying the broom? I do not like, attempt to grab it at first. After a while, when he's exhausted all ability, <laughs> if the party stays in the room long enough. When he's exhausted all ability to examine it, examine it visually, because that's what's able to keep his fingers in check, then he'd probably wind up having to grab it to try to study it more closely. Fabulous. So I guess it depends on how long we're here. All right, Kilvarix, you had said that you wanted to leave the room. Give me a persuasion check, please. (laughs) And if you uh, roll higher than Sprocket's intelligence, then you are able to convince him to drop his studies and leave the room. 18. Sprocket? Uh, you're looking for an intelligence check or just, just my intelligence? Just what's, is 18 higher than your intelligence number? Negative. Okay. My intelligence um, is a 19. If fabulous. Then as you go to grab the broom, uh, the broom pivots so that its uh, feathers are up, reaches out and attacks you, does a 15. It does. Fabulous. It whacks fabulous you, for the broom. It whacks <laughs> you upside the head and you take four points of bludgeoning damage. Wow. That was rude. That broom doesn't even hit like a book. Cass <laughs> <laughs> wants to swing into action with staff, like lightning reaction to the to the I, attack by the broom. I assume we're in initiative now. We are back in initiative. Um, Kilvarix, uh, you told Sprocket to stop what he was doing. You w- walked towards the door. He d- and then all you hear him say, "Ah!" as the broom has clearly hit him in the head. What would you like to do? So grumbling under his breath. For the love of all that is holy. And he goes going to do his, breathe the fire into his hand and throw it at that damn broom. Okay. 
All right. You throw fire at the broom. Nat 20. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So uh, please describe how you dispatch the broom with a lightning. <laughs> so with the firebolt of dragon fire as it hits it, it immolates the whole broom where you see it as a bright silhouette and then just ash falls to the floor. When the flame erupts in front of him, Sprocket immediately raises his left hand as though something's going to protect him, but nothing happens. <laughs> Definitely Illidus is going to try and jump in the way of any splinters that are flying off this broom. Yeah, if- no, that, that's, it, is, it is fully ashed with a Kilvarix's uh, uh, perfectly timed, it hit, the, it hit the head of the broom just right and just whoosh. Hmm. Uh, just, yeah. That escalated quickly. And he turns As he's walking back across the room, Simeon reaches down, picks up a handful of the ash, mm-hmm. and he walks over to Sprocket. My friend, I believe if you have a container, you can have some of the remnants of this device. Broom was just a broom. It's the enchantment that I was curious about. But thank you very much. And he takes a small pouch and puts it in there. <laughs> and then he... <laughs> That's the stand. Once Simeon is no longer paying attention, he dumps the pouch back out and tucks it away. continue down the hallway yes and on the wall towards the next room before we get to the door i'm going to refresh that that mark again rocket doesn't try to uh rush past simeon ahead of him or anything anymore to get ahead of him to the doors that we're obviously (laughs) going to instead he just trails along behind him chuckling occasionally as you walk up to this door, um, the door is uh, already somewhat ajar. It's not closed like the other doors have been. Do you open the door further to investigate what's in it? Uh, both scimitars drawn. I'm going to push the door with my left foot. And once I'm in, I'm going to move immediately to the, um, to the diagonal. So I'm in the um, right corner, the right-hand lower corner. Okay. And occupy that space and be at cool. the ready. All right. So the entire fall, far wall of this room is a floor-to-ceiling bookshelf. Uh, even more books are resting on several large scarlet armchairs uh, and small wooden tables. Uh, there are several paintings on the walls. A uh, fluffy black cat is curled up on one of the chairs. And when you enter the room, uh, the cat sits up. Uh, sits up rather and meows plaintively and walks over to you and uh, nudges, rubs up against your left leg. Would you give me, um, uh, uh, give me an animal, an animal handling check, please? Uh, Certainly. That's going to be an eighteen. An eighteen, fabulous. Great. Do you like reach down and pet it or anything like that? Or um, it, it seems a, to like you. I take a little of the tea, which has a uh, catnip-like uh, scent to it, <laughs> and. Um, I rub a little on, get a little of the oils on my glove and allow the cat to uh, sniff it. Amazing. Fabulous. Excellent. Yeah, it is it's it is now your friend. As it kind of like, so it starts to rub its face on your hand as it does that. Um, and if you pull your hand away, um, it will actually jump up on the table that is directly in front of you and uh, begin poking around the satchel that you took the tea out of. Hello there. And I'll... It's I'll purring loudly now. Tossing its hair and patting it. Yep. And take a little more out for him. It's just a yeah. cat. Whilst Simeon is playing with his cat, um, Illidaz wants to check out these paintings on the wall. Cool. Um, so there are three paintings hanging on the walls. Uh, one of them is a landscape with uh, a large green dragon em- uh, gr- sorry, a large green dragon emerging from a grove of pine trees. Uh, the second one is a study of Pegasus, uh, of a Pegasus in flight. And the third one is a portrait of a unicorn in a wooded blade. So all kind of mythical creatures, or at least magical creatures. So Varks is going to start looking at the bookshelf for a Mordenkainen book or a single letter spine book. Yep. Which was cool. the first one? Dragon. Green dragon. Where was he? Emerging from pine trees. Rocket is going to wander about the room doing a general observation investigation to see if anything in particular piques his curiosity or makes his ears twitch. Hold on to that thought for just a second, Sprocket. So, Kilvarix, uh, you're looking through the bookcase. Uh, Give me an investigation check, please. Uh, 16. 
Fabulous. You indeed find a book with a single letter on the spine. It is the letter I. And when you pull it off of the bookcase, there is indeed a picture of Morden Kanan on the cover. I found another one. I. Excellent. I think maybe there's more of these that must be combined. Seems quite the riddle, doesn't it? That's the passphrase. It's just re- <laughs> I think Illidaz like listens out to see if anything happens as he says it. What I was the the password to get in again? Scepter. 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 No I and scepter. So Kess is looking around at the books on the chairs. Uh, so Sprocket, uh, you were looking through the bookcase for anything that was interesting? I was wandering the room seeing if anything in particular captured my eye and attracted my attention or made my ears twitch. Okay. Um, so the one thing that you note uh, in the room here, as you're looking around, and Cass, you'll notice this also because you're looking more at like the books that are like on the chairs and the and the, the tables that are in the room, right? More specifically, um, the one thing you notice is that almost all the books in the room are attributed to Fistandia. And Fistandia, if you'll remember, was the mage that, or the, the wizard that um, that Matrius was researching, and that this In theory is created this castle. Bingo, exactly. Yep. Um, so that so is. When you say the, attributed to, as in like she contributed as an author or co-author, as in or she wrote, the, as in she wrote most of the books. Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. Except Morgan um, Cannon's book, obviously. Yep. Uh, exactly. Right. Uh, that. Um, one of them is a autobiography. Fistandia was a powerful mage as a priest of Mistra, uh, and she was a frequent uh, contributor and uh, researcher at Candlekeep. In in the autobiography, she goes on to say that Mistra granted her a permanent extra-dimensional mansion for her to reside in when studying at Candlekeep. Um, and two and two being put together, you suspect that that is where you are now. And also comments that uh, fearful that a guest might become trapped in the mansion, Fistandia hid the command word to open the portal to Candlekeep on the spines of seven books throughout her mansions. Mm. Okay, well, I'll relay this to the to the rest of the party to say that yep. yes, indeed, we did figure out that it's a riddle. And this time he says R I D riddle. Nothing? No? Still? Jeez. And he moves on. Um, what was your investigation check, actually, Sprock? Be- before we move on, Simeon, what was your investigation check earlier? 13. Cass, would you also give me an investigation check, please? That would be a dirty 20. So remember when I said that when you were looking around the room, almost all the books were written by Fistandia. There is a book on the bookcase that is written by the 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 name on the spine is D. Period Green. And the name of the book is uh, Realms and Habitats of Unicorns and Pegasi. And it is on the bottom shelf on the left-hand side. I'm going to pull it out. You're going to pull it out. As you pull the book out of the wall, a secret door behind the bookcase opens. You see a passageway behind it. Hey. Oh, my. Passageway. Who's coming Uh, with me? I'll I'll definitely go. On the way out, can I look at those pictures of the uh, on the wall? Yes. And you said there was a green dragon emerging yes. from the pine trees. What was the unicorn against? The Pegasus? unicorn is it was a portrait of a unicorn in a wooded glade. And the Pegasus? Uh, it was just a study of a Pegasus in flight. Last question about those: Were they by the same artist? They're unattributed. As Simeon is looking yep. at these yep. paintings. I'm going to stand next to him and be like, it's pretty obvious. It's, you know, the progression of animals. Horse with horn, horse with wings, and then very big horse with wings. (laughs) I think uh, you have something there. I'm just wondering about this cat and if it's one of these three creatures changed somehow. As you are wandering around the room, if you move away from the table where the cat is pawing at your satchel, uh, the cat will hop up on your shoulder. I'll let it stay there. It didn't and, really give you, it didn't really ask. Yeah. He didn't ask and I didn't bite it off. Is the cat coming? Is the cat coming? Apparently. And I'm going to walk into the secret room. Okay. Uh, you walk into the secret room and you see a flight of stairs descending down. I guess we're headed down. 
Um, as if you turn to go down the stairs, the cat will hop off of your shoulder. Uh, it will meow plaintively at you. Um, your animal handling suggests uh, it wants food, um, but it will not follow you down the stairs. I will hand it uh, a bit of dried ration. Um, I have some dried herring. Excellent. Oh, excellent. That's excellent. Happy Fabulous. kitty. Yes, very much so. Okay. I'll pat it on the head, and then I will... Head down the stairs. Okay. Is anybody not going down the stairs? Can we see what's at the bottom of the stairs? Like from the top? Can we actually see what's in there? Like when we, as we look down? Uh, there's a door down at the bottom of the stairs and a passageway that goes off to the right. Does it seem well lit? Or is it dark? It, it is. There are torches. It seems lit well enough, but you're definitely going subterranean. What's dark? Before we go into the bowels, should we not find more of these books here first? What's to say the books aren't down here? Will this passage stay open? Uh, if you want to give me an investigation check to see if you can figure out the mechanism, that would be fine. Uh, Sprocket, are you doing Sprocket that? will happily tinker with the mechanism to try to determine whether or not the door yeah. will close or if it could be jammed open. Sprocket, your investigation check then would be at advantage, please. 19 is the higher one. That would be a five, so I'm glad okay. that Sprocket yep. investigated. Yep. Um, Cass, you're really not sure. Um, Sprocket pulls out little tinker tools, and it's not quite lockpicks, but you know yep. it's close. Um, you you find nothing to suggest that the um, the passageway is going to close on its own. In fact, investigating the mechanism like where the book was taken out, it's definitely a two way switch, so that when the book is put back in, the passageway will close. But while the book is removed, it'll stay open. We'll take the book with us. I'm game for finishing this level first. Yeah, I'll head down as well. I'm already waiting at the bottom. His hand's on the left wall. He can't turn around until we get to the point where it turns us around. Then he starts jumping down the stairs. Uh, I pop a squat and say to the cat, listen, if for any reason we get stuck in here, it's on you to help us out, okay? Give me an animal handling check, please. That's on that one. <laughs> uh, roll patch. me a d6, please. Three. Okay, fabulous. So we didn't match, which means the very bad thing doesn't happen. Um, however, uh, the cat, with surprise, uh, scratches at your face, and you take two points of damage. I don't, I don't take it personally. This cat lives in. I'm in the cat space, and you know this. This could be just how it responds to intruders. Illidaz, you seem like a perfectly nice guy, but uh, the cat does not care for you. But yeah, I guess I'll follow Simeon down. If everyone else is going, Kilvarex will grumble something ineligible in <laughs> his breath and follow them, tromping down, making as much noise as possible <laughs> to show that he is not happy with this. Fabulous. Uh, right, that- will follow very silently. So down at the bottom of the stairs, uh, there is a passageway that turns to the right and a door in front of you. Following our left wall rule, we have to open this door. door Simeon's in the front, so uh, you open the door to reveal another hallway. This is useful. Staying with the left theory, going to walk all the way down, and in theory that should bring me back to the door unless it's a door on the far side. So there's there's another door on the far side. Of this little, of this, uh, so it's like a fifteen-foot hallway. Uh, there's a a door to the right and a door uh, directly at the end. Going to the door on the other end. Smells of alcohol and brine permeate this room. Glass glass vessels, large and small, stand in rows on the floor and tables, ranging from one foot to six feet tall. Inside each vessel is the body of a creature floating in clear liquid. One four-foot-tall container is missing its lid and has no occupant. Brother. Does it look like it could fit a cat inside it? <laughs> uh, it certainly could fit a cat. It's about four feet tall. It's big enough oh. to fit me inside it. Yeah, let's not say that out loud again. <laughs> Why don't we just close this door and move on? <laughs> let's just make sure there's no books hidden in here. Uh, give me an investigation check, Jimmy. Vorax is going to stay by the door while they go rummaging around in the weird room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For going in, Sprocket has to go in and look around, too. I mean, Curious. It's going to be a 10. Noting the empty container, Sprocket does come in with his light hammer out and in his hand. How closely are you investigating in, in this room, Simeon? Are you are you like looking at all the jars or are you just kind of like doing a real like good look around from a distance to see if there are any books? I won't touch anything. But yep. if something needs to be moved for me to gain access and it looks like a book-sized thing could be in that space, yeah. I would definitely move something. To the yeah, no, there don't seem to be any books. It's basically tables and all these jars. 
and I'm going to take note of the types of creatures that are in these things and specifically trying to make sure they're not watching me. Um, how closely are you investigating the one that is empty with the lid on? I'm going to look above it and around it, see if there's any liquid on the floor. How close do you get to it? <laughs> I'm probably going to be about a foot, two feet away. As you near it, the liquid inside uh, starts to, it gets like, like turbulent a little bit. I'm back and- uh, this odd monstrosity of four hands joined together in strange angles jumps out of the water at you. Seriously? Face huggers? Does a, does a nine hit your AC? It most certainly does not. Okay, cool. So then uh, it, it um, so you, you successfully dodge it um, and it, it lands on the floor in front of you uh, and, and starts to scurry around a little bit. I will give I will give you the first round of action since you are the only one that was investigating the room this closely. Yeah, I'm gonna go for the uh, the double hit on that. Yep. <laughs> okay. Whack it. First hit is rolled seven. You swing your scimitar down, um, and it it scurries out of the way, and you hit the you hit the stone, and it sparks up. Um, and it it runs underneath. It runs uh behind. The jar is in the upper right-hand corner. My second hit was a 16. As it starts to run away then, uh, roll your damage, please. Five. Fabulous. Um, As you swing down on it, you cleave it in twain, and both sides of the hand abomination um, kind of flop to the ground, uh, and they start oozing this black ichor wrist material. I'm going to step away from that. I think we're done with this room. (laughs) I suggest we move on. Okay. Don't you agree with me? Back up the stairs, right? No, one. we got another room. I have a feeling that Simeon's going to want us to check out the one on the left. Are you closing (laughs) the door to this room behind you? Yes. Oh, yes. Softly. Air so softly. Does it lock? It it latches, yep. No problem. Yep. And before he goes in this time, once again, Kilvaris will put his hand on his shoulder and say, I-O protect you from yourself (laughs) and cast guidance on him. The noble aim. The dark stone walled room contains only a few objects. Uh, There is a five foot diameter circle of intricate runes covering the floor. There's an empty wooden book stand opposite the door and bronze braziers at the other three cardinal points of the circle. Whatever material they contained has long ago burned to cinders, but the room still smells of charcoal and sulfur. Uh, sitting next to the bookstand is a uh, is a warty toad that rivets as you open the door. Sulfur, huh? I'm going to stay outside of the circle. Simeon, I was going to suggest that. Rocket would want to study those runes, though, without crossing the circle either. I'm going to point towards the frog. While keeping a wary eye on the frog. With this, with my scimitar, like I'm gonna point it out. So hail frog! <laughs> it ribbits at you, it does. Okay, well, already I've got a better track with this animal than with the cat upstairs. <laughs> Sprocket, you are you are investigating uh, the the circle of the runes. Um, anybody else investigating the runes? Please give me an arcana check. Twenty four. And Kilvarak see them from the door, or does he have to go in? Uh, you can see them from the doorway. Yep. He will look at them from the doorway, but he is not entering the room because there's no books. Yep. 30, 20. It is clear that this is a protection circle. To hold something inside of it or to keep something out of it? Mm, that's a really great question. So more than just sort of protection, it's like a summoning and containment circle. So you would summon something into the middle and contain it within the circle. Something just that might the- then turn into a frog. Or maybe the frog. Is the frog inside the circle? No, the he's frog outside the circle. Sitting next to the bookshelf. Right, which um, put him outside the circle, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It put it outside the circle. Possible to go see if there's any books in that bookshelf without crossing the circle? Uh, give me an investigation check, but roll at a disadvantage, please. That would be a one. A natural one? Fabulous. A natural one. Okay. Um, so as you're kind of like looking at the book stand, trying to see if there's any books of any import, um, the frog rivets loudly and and scares you. Um, you'll be at disadvantage for the next three checks. Well, does it look like I could fit between the brazier and the wall as a small yes. folk? Yep, you could slip by it if you'd like. Then I would slip by and approach the bookshelf 
mm-hmm. cautiously tossing the frog a chunk of ham. And peanut butter. And peanut I didn't butter. have any peanut butter handy. Um, give me an animal handling check, please. Seven. And despite tossing the ham, it is clear that Sprocket is very nervous. He doesn't seem to feel very comfortable approaching the frog. He does, however, have his tuning fork at the ready. You uh, you throw ham at the frog. I toss um, ham to the frog. Okay, I'm not, be- it, it, I'm not, it, it, I'm not throwing a slider or beaming it at it. Improvised weapon ham. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you Wait, could do that. Does it have um, a does it have a bone in it? Was this, was it a side of ham? And so it kind of like flops in front of the frog, uh, and the frog looks at it. Uh, smile tentatively. Begins to shape change, and <gasps> it stands up on its rear legs, and its torso becomes longer, and it. Front legs become clawed, and it picks up the ham and starts to eat it. And uh, its head, it gets long ears and uh, horn-like things. It grows a long tail, but kind of keeps its grayish-green pallor. And it it very cautiously... I'm glad he chose to eat it. Its horns, they look almost like an ibis's horns. They're very long for its body. Um, They're quite tall, um, and they are... Um, they're almost like banded horns. So think of like um, like a mountain goat or something like that, how it has like bands on the horns, but they're straight. Sprocket, if you'd like to know if you uh, know this creature, uh, give me um, give me a knowledge uh, check. So like a intelligence roll. Because if you do well on this, those might that be one. Okay, <laughs> fabulous. Um, I need you to give me a wisdom save. Is it against magic? Yes. To be. My second roll is a nat 20 for the advantage roll there. Fabulous. Okay, so so nat 20, fabulous. Okay, cool. Um, so in your mind, you <laughs> That's see... That's opposite extremes. Uh, you see this creature kind of... Um, uh, it, it's as if it's, as if it's much, much bigger um, and has this, like, disgusted, twisted visage. Um, it is clearly trying to frighten you. Everybody else in the room, but you are you are not frightened. You do not get frightened. You passed your check. Um, everybody else in the room, it um, it goes invisible. Huh. Swords are at the ready. Question: Before it went invisible, yes, sir. Did it at all resemble the statue of the imp that Madrius was carrying before he'd left? Awesome, okay. awesome it's- question, Illidaz. Huzzah. No, but gain ins- <laughs> gain inspiration. I would take him. Noting that he tried to frighten me, but I was not as an aggressive act, and I had a ready action if he acted hostily. Uh, the only thing it has done at this point is turn invisible. Okay. And, well, and try to frighten me, but that wasn't violent. Okay. I'll, I'll retain the ready to action. What? Don't like the ham? That's a perfectly legitimate supposition. It ate the ham. The ham was left behind. With a, big bite, with a big bite mark left out of it. Okay, so he took a nibble and dropped it. Wait, so if we can still see the ham... Why can't we see the ham inside him, even though he's invisible? Less of a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Can you lose I'll inspiration? You, I'll let you keep <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am letting... I don't know that it's invisible to them, though. Uh, the image faded, and now uh, you notice that it's not in the room. I'm going to cast out my dancing lights around myself, so if the creature approaches me, I'll be able to see it. Fabulous. Tell the others... If we want to know where it is, these little globes of light will help us. You might want to get close to me, unless you have a better idea. Tess, where are you right now? I was over investigating the books, and I can't ping you, but let's say I'm just to the left of that bookcase. I'm going to cast Divine Sense again. Uh, this seem, this thing seemed pretty fiendish, so I'm going to try and use that to hopefully sense yeah. where it is in the room, roughly. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, and I'm probably stood to the north of the brazier that's, uh, that Kess is stood underneath. What I would like you to do is uh, give me a contested... So you should have a... Um, like, if you were casting an offensive spell, you have, like, a spell modifier, like like a two-hit modifier. Like yeah, my, my attack bonus, yeah. Yep, I'm going to give you a, a contested roll using your Divine Sense against its stealth. That is 20-something. 23. Awesome. Yes. Uh, so it's got a 10. Um, so, so uh, when you cast Divine Sense, you actually break its invisibility uh, and see it nice. moving towards the door. Uh, is that my full action then taken? Yes. Yep. Cool. That's your action. Yep. 
Um, so let's go into initiative. Um, so Kilvarix, where are you standing, please? So I was standing outside the door peering in. If I see him coming towards the door, yep. I'm going to say, oh, no, you don't. And I'll yep. step inside and slam the door and lock it. Okay, so you are now inside the room and you, sl- and you close the door. Yes. Okay, fabulous. Um, you are certainly within melee range of this thing. Close, stepping in and closing the door like that uh, would not take your full, it'd basically take your movement to do. Um, so you can still get your attack roll if you'd like. It hasn't been offensive yet, so I'm not going to necessarily attack it, but I'm going to prepare an action so that if it attacks me, I'm going to smack it. So I'm going to breathe fire into my hand and say, don't, and be, have it hold up ready to throw at him. Fabulous. Okay. Simeon. I'm going to go shoulder to shoulder with Kilvarex, blocking the door. So okay. there's two of us in the door. Yep. And my weapons will be ready, but not in an attacking posture. My action will be the double swing should it do anything offensive. Kess. This thing attacks. I hope it knows what mayhem it's going to bring down on itself. <laughs> it's firmly aware at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do um, a couple of cartwheels over to join the others and get my three-section staff spinning, but ready to attack if it attacks. Cool. Rather than actually attacking. Okay. Uh, Illa does. Um, I kind of think probably more than anything, he's just got his arms folded, looking down at this thing, almost like okay. you've caught someone doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Um, just kind of very disappointedly, like, yeah, you're outnumbered. We know exactly where you are. Like, I don't know if he knows that we, I guess he must know that we've seen him by now. Yep. I'm just like, yep. Come on. Totally. So yeah, it's definitely like, kind of like standing before, before the might of the party. Like, oh, um, so- Sprocket is still on the bookshelf end of the room, kind of opposite side of where Kess was a minute ago. Yeah, you're like keeping an eye on what's going on over there. He continues to the bookshelf to investigate, looking for a book or components to possibly add to the braziers uh, to reignite them and maybe trap him back in the circle. Uh, you don't find any books, um, and uh, the there are no um, there's no charcoal or anything like that in the in the bookcase either. So okay, on its turn, I'm going to uh, kill Varex. I need a wisdom save, please. Boom, dirty cool. twenty. Yep, you see the same sort of uh, demonic vision that Sprocket saw of this of this thing, like bigger, scarier, and meaner, but are also not frightened. Everybody else in the room, um, this uh, the creature turns into a centipede uh, and begins uh, scurrying like up up the wall, trying to find a way to get out of the door. I stay my hand no longer. Yep. Fire alarm. All, right. <laughs> All right. Anybody who wants to attack this thing, roll. As long as one of you does not roll a one, you will kill it. Um, so just, do, just roll your attack. 13. You actually miss. <laughs> 15 you the first one. <laughs> yep. And uh, nine is the second one. All right. So you miss on your second one, but that's mostly because on the first one, you turn it into a fine green mist um, as you, as you slice through it. It basically just like, it explodes um, like a, like a pea pod, like it, like, um, and it smells like sulfurous on the inside, but yeah, you dispatch it. In Infernal. Get the hence. To the plane of your foul existence. Yes, says sorrowfully, turning into a centipede really was not a boss move. <laughs> Probably one of the first people in history to attack a centipede with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to burn two of my disadvantaged roles on doing just that, or something rather like it. Sadly, the centipede was no more before I got there. <laughs> Well, Excellent. all else fails, we can go into look for work as exterminators. So there does not seem to be uh, anything else of interest in this room. Can we go back upstairs now? Next time on The Joy of Extra Dimensional Spaces. Uh-oh, we've split the party. Hello? He's not there with Harry! socks hidden in the bed along with books. Check the chair first. <laughs> yeah, always check the chair. 
Um, so it, uh, so you hear it sort of clang off of your armor um, and is now floating in midair. 